Welcome back, everybody. This is Hansi Hansen, MD, and we're talking about pain, addiction, and depression. Today's highlight is depression. And I took on medications with depressive disorders. You know, it's, it's interesting we call it a disorder because everybody gets depressed. That's not a disorder. That's living. That is so natural, and it, it's so important that people understand not every day is an Instagram day or a Facebook day or, you know, this incredibly stressful life we lead does not have all those moments, those uh, social media moments where you look up and you see somebody's personal life. You know, we have some dark days. We have some gray days. We have what I call gray hat and we have black hat days. We don't want many black hat days. So what we do is we try to think, well, what's the best thing we can do to improve function, quality of life, restorative sleep capacities, and somebody's ability to just get up in the morning and enjoy things, be able to go to the grocery store, to be able to play with the grandchildren, just have a better day where they just don't feel like going to bed all the time or laying down. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. I can't think clearly. Right. That's what depression is. And depression is really normal. You know, 5% of the world's population in any given moment, well, they're depressed. And that's not, you know, that's not a horrible thing. That's a normal thing. And when you think about it, you, we've all had our moments. We've all had our good moments, our bad moments, uh, things we wish we wouldn't have sent in an email, a uh, comment or two we wish we could have back. So it leads to melancholy. Well, melancholy is not organic depression. Organic depression, either something you're born with or it's something that you, you just have. And you're noticing it as becoming more prevalent and it's becoming more problematic in your normal activities. And we talked about, you know, from young children to adolescents, teens, and that sort of area, very different than adults and older folks. Older folks are more suicidal. We really got to watch where we're headed with life. Um, and we all have to look out after each other, don't we? Yeah. Well, I'm not out in my beautiful studio today. That's outside. I love being outside because, well, rain as it is, and rain it will be. April showers bring May flowers. Guess what? It's March, and the flowers are already out, and it's going to freeze so much for flowers. But we have a lot of other beautiful things out there like red buds and all. So I'll look out a window, and I'm going to do this podcast. The podcast today is about TV dinners. What? TV dinners? 1953. That's kind of when it was introduced by Swanson. Some of us <laughs> really remember that. A little before my time, but it, where did this thing come? Well, they think it came from this guy named Jerry Thomas. And Jerry Thomas was uh, not the guy that started Wendy's, but it, it what is this thing in aluminum foil with three separate containers and we all remember the potatoes and gravy kind of the turkey dinner we all remember um cobbler brownies we we all remember that 
And so these three compartment dinners, uh, what what's that all about? What does that have to do with depression? Well, somewhere in that time frame came some of the first antidepressants. There was a, a pharmaco uh, uh, explosion during the 50s and 60s. And um, the, the first antidepressants really started to become available. And the first um, psychopharm drug of the 50s that came out that was looking clinically relevant was monoamine oxidized inhibitors, M-A-O-I. A, and then later class B. We still use them. Actually, they're good with mixed depressive disorders, as are some of these other agents. Now, what am I talking about, other agents? Well, I took off very boldly, uh, thinking I was going to talk about... uh, this pharmacology as being a um, simple thing just to kind of jump through in depression because um, I know these drugs and we're going to get through these drugs, but it's not that way. <laughs> I started talking about them. And I realized, no, we got to break this up because um, they're so important. They are really important. They're life-saving in some people's lives and experiences and in other people. Uh, they really get them going. So I'll start with MAOIs, uh, monoamine oxidase inhibitors, because they started everything back about the time of TV dinners when Psychopharm really started taking off. And we were just kind of starting to, kn- to know what everything else is. And followed in the MAOI uh, class, uh, we're going to talk about norepinephrine and dopamine and serotonin and all these other agents include tricyclic antidepressants, uh, the infamous serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitors, selective serotonin, and selective norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, some of the mixed drugs, um, and other classes that don't get a lot of uh, attention but can mean a lot. They can mean a lot in mood and other disorders. And how does that mix into depression? Because neurobiologically, it all is a big soup. It's all pain soup. It's all addiction. It's all depression, kind of the primitive part of the brain behind the ear. That's not exactly right, but it's pretty close. I'm putting some stuff up for courses. Uh, Go check them out. And I will be the first one to tell you that I'm talking to not only uh, the people that want to be informed, but the healthcare providers that want to be informed. And we are walking down this path together one step in front of the others. So the MAOI inhibitors, okay? What? TV dinners? Yep. (laughs) Actually, what people don't realize is... These TV dinners came from um, a lot earlier. They were first used in the airline industry because they had to get these things flash frozen and uh, then sent to uh, the awaiting airline, and that would be Pan Am. (laughs) And these uh, 
TV dinners in the 50s were uh, then uh, starting a revolution that led to what are called frozen dinners. <laughs> Those in the uh, 70s and 80s, uh, who doesn't uh, love and appreciate uh, how do you handle a hungry man with Mean Joe Green, uh, a football player that he was re- not really mean. And then it came into these multi-course frozen dinners that we love today. Just like antidepressants, we have evolution. And they're getting better and better, and the antidepressants are really getting better and better. But that does not discount the fact that some are very useful alone, historically, or together. Um, And MAOIs are a classic example. The MAOIs affect uh, norepinephrine, a chemical in the brain, serotonin, a chemical in the brain, and dopamine, a chemical in the brain. They're important because how they act on uh, those uh, neurotransmitters. They're very important, and they affect how you move, think, remember. They're important because they are, um, first of all, by mouth, that's important, and they can be utilized by other delivery systems, but they are readily available. Why don't we just use these? Well, and why were there others? Because as all drugs, as all drugs, MAOIs had side effects, right? Side effects, and those side effects can be significant in MAOIs. And, well, I uh, I will say that they affected me. Uh, I, I can tell you that the old story about interns and residents, med students too, really, working incredibly long hours are real. I can remember. Yeah, I know, war stories. I'm not going to get into that too far, but... I can remember going to work, saying goodbye to my wife, been with her over 40 years, um, and I I wouldn't see her till Monday or Monday night, because she worked too, she's an RN, and I wouldn't see the light on my uh, domicile uh, for sometimes months, because we worked day, night, day, night, and <clears throat> you say worked, yeah, worked. There were no hours. There were no hours. If you were needed, you moved. And you slept and you could slept, sleep. And, of course, I fell asleep at nurses' stations and all that sort of stuff. Well, enter Libby Zion. Her dad was an attorney in New York, and a resident was working long hours. There were actually two residents, and... Libby came in and looked like Libby was uh, dehydrated. And so they started that work up. And this was in the kind of 80s. um, And Libby um, had a number of issues going on. It's all public record. It's it's no secret. She had really a lot of unknown issues. issues with her. She had a couple abnormal labs. I'm not going to even get into those. Uh, and 
lo and behold, a drug was given. And that will be talked about when we get to the uh, to the uh, drugs uh, in the addiction side of things. My some of my favorites that are no longer with us. And Miss Zion uh, had an unfortunate event and, and basically died. And they thought it was serotonin syndrome, which is high blood pressure, which is tachycardia. They get a little out of control with the vital signs that leads into other issues, including seizures and eventual death. Serotonin syndrome is a whole nother talk for a whole nother day. But that was my era. Now, is that important? Yeah, MAOIs, um, monoamine oxidase inhibitors. Monoamine oxidase inhibitors are a real problem if you like your fermented foods. Um, they initiate tyramine, um, uh, kind of a storm, and you have increased blood pressure and a lot of these really horrible problems that can lead to significant deleterious outcomes. So you stay away from salami, uh, sauerkraut, beer, cheeses, certain cheeses, and you look out for serotonin syndrome. Even cold and allergy medications can significantly increase the blood pressure, making things worse. Uh, this drug, benignly introduced in the early 50s as a possible treatment for TB, was very popular between uh, the mid to late 50s through the 70s when some of the other drugs started coming out. Um, the most common MAOI was uh, in this area was Nardil. That's the trade name. Uh, and uh, it, it, um, it, it, it's a good drug. It, it has multiple brand names associated with it. Uh, Phenylzine, um, Nardil, uh, and they all have to be used with caution. They cause sexual dysfunction, muscle jerking. Uh, they interfere with sleep, and they cause too much sleep. Uh, they uh, associate with dry mouth, diarrhea, constipation, drowsiness, headache, dizziness. I'm reading it right off of uh, the the data insert, but the the key here is you got to talk it over with your healthcare provider. These drugs are not necessarily benign let me tell you something if you look at the inserts um and you don't have a lot of a lot of help around you that somebody that is not only well informed but qualified like a healthcare professional you'll go you'll go nuts with these inserts because virtually every drug in the pdr and we don't really use pdrs anymore but um virtually every drug in the side effect profile reported to the FDA because they got to report them. If it's reported, it's reported in the trials. Headache. <laughs> so every drug causes a headache, yep. Every drug causes a headache, it seems like. Uh, constipation, diarrhea, dry mouth, that sort of thing, nausea. If you look at them, you'll see it. I mean, the point is what is real, what is it? Talk to your health care provider. So... Considering the broad brush stroke of these drugs, I've mentioned TB. It's a drug that's been used for Parkinson's. 
And it's also been used for panic disorder, agoraphobia, you know, fear of places. Um, and it has been abused, and overdose is real. Uh, it's been described as a problematic uh, issue with this drug, but the um, safety profile is really pretty good. So never quit this drug without telling your doctor. There is withdrawal. Uh, it's administered orally, and you, you can also use it transmucosal. So w- what about Ambien? Everybody knows Ambien, right? That's a Z drug. Uh, that's a sleep drug. Um, well, if you look at the package insert, it says may cause drowsiness. Duh. It's a sleep drug. <laughs> so use these drugs with care, caution, and by direction of a health care provider. So we started with MAOI inhibitors. The big issue here is don't discount the older drugs. It has utility. It's still being used today. And even though I use the analogy, it started with TV dinner era, folks, um, the fact of the matter is we're we're still using this drug. Um, we are still using microwave ovens. Our first microwave oven we called a radar range because it used uh, microwaves over a very specific um, Hertz profile. Um, it was first introduced in 1933 at the World's Fair. So a lot of things are around for a long time, and that doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad. They just keep getting improved on. So MAOIs are going to fall in that category. All right, see, the point is here, these drugs are are not without risk. They're not without potential side effects. They're not something just straightforward, pop a pill, move on. They can take time to work, and let's face it, some uh, depressive disorders don't respond to any particular agent. We have to use combinations sometimes, and some people don't respond to oral agents, uh, transmucosal, transdermal, whatever the delivery system is. So we're constantly looking at the uh, pharmacology, the psychopharmacology of these drugs that started in the 50s, and seeing if we just can't... um, do it a little better, less side effects, and uh, still get that improved function and quality of life. Next drug we're going to talk about is tricyclic antidepressants. Um, a little bit on tetracyclines that came about in the 70s, but tricyclics came around uh, a little safer uh, than uh, MAOIs. They have their issue too, and I mentioned my some of my favorite drugs, uh, meperidine or Demerol being one of them, just fallen by the wayside. And I just loved that analgesic, orally, IV, parenteral, um, I am whatever the delivery system was. I just loved that drug. Darva said, I just loved that drug in the elderly, but it had some cardiac issues and they were pretty rare. <laughs> I was pretty surprised when uh, Darvisa got taken off the market. Um, 
Well, guess what? TCAs, they have their arrhythmic problem, too. We're going to talk about that. More psychopharmacology in the next uh, podcast. And then we're going we're gonna to step forward. We're going to um, talk about some of the really cool newer drugs which are out there. And I think we all, we've all heard of them. You know, the SSRIs, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, the uh, selective... Uh, norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor, uh, uh, inhibitors, and um, then we're going to get into the, um, the serotonin antagonist, agonist reuptake drugs, and we're going to also talk about how these drugs can sometimes be used for sleep uh, vis-a-vis amitriptyline and sometimes used for pain. Uh, pretty common with amitriptyline, and we don't always know how they work, but we're going to get into uh, tricyclic antidepressants next, and that's our next story. And I hope you um, can talk to a healthcare provider if you're struggling with depression or situational depression and anxiety. You know, they don't always sit alone. In fact, they're usually together. Or anxiety. You know, the world is not a benzodiazepine. It is not a Xanax or Clonopin. Those are the drugs that pretty much the benzos uh, replace the barbiturates. And uh, we don't want to go down that pathway. That was uh, Marilyn Monroe's pathway. You know how that turned out. Uh, What people don't realize is Marilyn Monroe may have had multiple suicide attempts. So goes the urban legend. I don't know if it's true. Um, I I don't put much uh, to Dr. Google. Be careful what you read on the Internet. If you have any questions, please uh, talk it over with the healthcare provider. This is an informational channel and podcast, and um, we hope to see you soon. We'll talk about uh, tricyclics next.